I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth and in this video I'm going to be talking to you about roller coaster relationships. So, many times we can find ourselves in a roller coaster relationship and things between you and your partner just can't seem to find any peace. And you know, you have to remember that relationships are supposed to be playful and fun, not filled with tons of drama. And you know you guys know I always say when there's drama, look for trauma. And many of us that have grown up in unstable homes, when you have all that unresolved trauma, what we tend to do is recreate those same dynamics in our adult romantic relationships. So the things that we saw in our early childhood, we tend to recreate those same patterns, those same roles, the same behaviors in our romantic relationships. So, personally, I have to tell you guys about a very good friend of mine who I've known for just about 30 years at this point. And his relationship with his wife is extremely contentious, it's volatile, it's destructive, um, and it's really abusive at times, and from both of them. And it, it, they, they literally just are miserable more days than not. I mean, probably five days a week, there's just arguing and hostility and just this underlying anger and resentment between them. And, you know, anytime that I call him, it's very bizarre. It's, you know how, like, as a parent, whenever you pick up the phone, the child has to get the, the parent's attention immediately? You could have left that kid alone all night, and then the minute the parent's on the phone, they want their attention. That's exactly what goes on in his roller coaster relationship. The minute I call him, and she hears the phone. She First of all, she wants to get into his business immediately, asking him a bunch of questions. Then she starts to use manipulation tactics, like asking him to do something for her. Even though for hours before that, she didn't bother him, and she won't even bother him after the phone call. But she has to bother him the minute he gets on that phone. It's like she senses that he's getting that little bit of freedom where it's like out of her control and just makes her go crazy and honestly it's really difficult to call him sometimes because just hearing this the anger and the hostility that goes on between them it's just gut-wrenching to listen to and you know she's constantly doing a set of like this underlying manipulative behaviors and her voice when she talks to him is just so angry and just hostile and just if you heard it you would just be like oh my god what is he doing and not to say that he's innocent or that he doesn't have a big part 
to play in this relationship? Because he absolutely does. But, you know, as his friend, of course, you know, I'm not going to be as objective. So I'm not sitting here and saying he's blame-free by any means. The point is, is that they're both miserable. He can't even have a, a, a few-minute phone call where, the, where she's just nagging him and bothering him when she hadn't even cared what he was doing until the phone rang. And the interesting thing is that it's almost like they're putting on a show for you. Like, they have to remind you how miserable they are together, and they just have to act it out for everybody. And... You know, I'm not quite sure what's going on because it's obviously a really complicated, deep situation. But there's just so much hostility and anger and emotional abuse and the way that they talk to each other and treat each other. You know, to me, this is a situation where you just have to say, look, this is destructive. This is not getting any better. They're always making excuses. They're always saying, oh, we're going to make it better. It never gets better. Or sometimes I'll say to him, well, what do you do? Fix this or end it? And he goes, I don't want to fix it. So he would rather be miserable than try and fix it. Like, he's just hurting himself. And, you know, also they have a son together. And this poor kid is just caught in this dynamics where they're both, like, just so angry towards each other, he's caught in the middle, he's used against each other. It's it's very, very unhealthy for everybody, and honestly, I would love to see them both just move on with their lives and just act like parents together and, and just be good parents together. Because why do you want to be miserable for the rest of your life? Your life is going to be short, and you're going to look back thinking, what the hell were we doing together? It just wasn't working. Sometimes relationships just don't work. And, you know, the interesting thing that, you know, like I've said, I've known him for 30 years, is that what he doesn't see, even though I've pointed it out to him sometimes, is that he has the same anger resentment and hostility towards his mom and you know I seen the pattern I seen that underlying anger and rage with his mom that he acts out with his wife so like I talk about with trauma it's repeated so he's almost put his wife in the role of his mother and you know I'm not going to get into dis the discussion of whether or not it's justified uh, as to why he, you know, is angry at his mom. I'm sure he, he has his own reasons. Um, but the point is, is that what he doesn't see is that there's this energy that comes out when he's with his mom and he's with his wife. And I've been around him in, met, you know, those situations many times. It's the same energy towards his wife, towards his mom. The anger, that hostility, and the just hurt, and the sadness, and the despair, the disgust. A lot of contempt, a lot of pain going on there. And it's hard because he tries to do the right thing. He's trying to be a good man for his family. But at what point do you say... 
we just aren't able to do this. We just keep fighting. It's it's not good for us. It's not good for our son. It's not good for anybody. I mean, if you have to make a decision at some point to either just make it work or end it, I think, because being miserable in your only life, in your life that you're supposed to find happiness and joy, I don't know, I think, I think it's sad. And um, I'm not trying to put all the blame on her, nor am I saying, you know, he's innocent. What I'm saying is, when you see these relationships that are just this roller coaster of anger, hostility, arguing, contempt, disgust, rage, occasional happiness, doesn't last long, fleeting happiness, um, you know, it's going to take a major toll on their mental health and their physical health. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, they're both under constant stress. And when your body's under constant stress, it releases chemicals in your, in your body that, you know, just are unhealthy and toxic for long periods. Okay? So. Alright. The other thing that I was thinking about recently is that why doesn't he move on? Right? A lot of you guys are probably thinking, it sounds so awful, why doesn't he move on? Well, obviously, like I said, he's trying to be a good man and be there for his son, be there for his family. He, he feels like the vows that he took, you know, for marriage are sacred and he really does value them. But the other thing that I wonder is that I suspect that leaving this relationship would be terrifying for him. And it's because it would be like him abandoning his mother, right? And that would bring up the fear of death, right? To leave that situation is like walking away from your mom. Because, like I said, they, the situation reminds me of the relationship with, he has with his mom. So it's like abandoning mom. What happens if you abandon your parents, your caregivers? We feel like we're going to die, like we do during a breakup. So, it's interesting because I'm sure if you think about your own life, you can think about friends and families that have these contemptuous relationships that are, you know, it's very sad and difficult to see friends struggle in these situations, and you can only hope the best for them. Um, but it's not easy to cut the cord, but at some point, you have to say to yourself, this is just unhealthy for me, for you, for our son, for the entire relationship that we have. And I think it's best that we move on and just co-parent together. But coming to that decision is not easy, and a lot of people don't take it lightly, and nor should they. I got an email today from a guy who's 29 years old, and he's dating a woman who's 27 for 8 years. Now, he said her family life is rocky, such as mine. Her parents are divorced due to infidelity when she was a kid. My dad has two divorces under his belt. My mom has had a marriage, but infidelity during the marriage. My mom and I never really had a relationship, caused many issues in my own life. Sure, that relationship that you have with mom is the blueprint for love and romantic love. Her upbringing was good until the infidelity incident with her father occurred. 
which she had experienced by face-to-face -face with the other person, took her on a downward world spiral in life choices until I had met her. We have had a roller coaster relationship for eight years. A lot of good times, but just as many bad times. I put up a wall to protect myself. She let her heart open to me. We had been arguing for a good solid month about going out more. She wanted me to go out with her. I would let her go out with her friends. I had some insecurities with her that led to a big blow up. So you were probably feeling scared that she was going to abandon you. And so when she did that, you probably lashed out, lost emotional self-control, and, you know, was very negative to her in an effort to control the situation. We had separated for a week when we spoke, then we spoke again. It was an uneasy experience. But the weekend before Valentine's, we actually talked about everything. That weekend started opening ourselves up, being with each other intimately. As we talked, it was like the same but stronger connection. She stated things about getting back together stronger, but she felt that she needed this time alone. Valentine's Day came around when she received the flowers I had pre-ordered for her. She loved them. Then it went cold because since she wasn't at the house, she felt like she couldn't relax because she was still at her dad's house. The house is under her name, but I was there and she felt like I was getting the advantage of staying there while she had to find somewhere else. I've been seeing a therapist and have been given this to a higher power. She told me that she wanted to be engaged by the end of the year and wants me to fix myself while she fixes herself. We then continued to live there, but sometimes she would come home a little late. I would text her and she wouldn't respond. And that must have been very anxiety provoking for you when she was coming home late, didn't know where she was at, what she was doing. Maybe you were starting to feel insecure, like she was cheating on you and it probably led to some arguments. She said that we needed to be out of each other's space. At the time, I was looking for an apartment. I saw on social media she had been going out more and drinking more, which is not the person I know, but more of her sister-in-law attributes. Well, she was probably feeling a lot of anxiety from you and started doing all the drinking to cope with the stress. I saw her yesterday because I still have stuff there. I could tell she wanted to ask me more questions, but kept her guard up. Sure, in that situation, it could be very difficult. You know, she doesn't know what to say. She doesn't know how to approach you. She's afraid that if she talks to you, you're going to get mad. Maybe you'll lash out. It's, it's scary to open up for people, you know, and especially during a breakup, because you don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what they're wanting. You're thinking, All right, well, have you moved on? Do you want to work this out? Do you want to talk to me? I don't know what you want. It can be really, really confusing. And believe me, I see the gamut. I see everything in different scenarios. Every every day, I just go through all these relationships all day long. And everything is just so different in so many ways. Believe it or not, you guys would think that a lot of relationship breaks up are, are similar. No, they're not. There's so many different factors. There's just literally just one factor after another that I look at when we talk about together. And it's really unbelievable um, how 
sometimes a relationship can fall apart so quickly. I mean, after one argument, I see stuff like that, and or one incident, or one person's belief changes about you, or all of a sudden they start to feel like they are missing something, and a lot of different factors to look at. Um, she's, he said, I need this time to fix myself, but don't know how to feel about the no contact rule in my instance. Will she forget about me is my biggest concern. Well, I don't think she's going to forget about you. You guys were together for eight years, and even though things were rocky, you know, giving her some space and time to think about things and to ponder the relationship I don't think it's going to make her forget you. And the fact that you believe she's going to forget you makes me think that you have an attachment trauma, that you can't hold on to the object, um, that, in other words, you can't picture her in your mind, and that's probably terrifying you, and that is probably triggering your separation anxiety. So... I know that for many of you guys, one of the biggest fears that you have is, are they going to forget about me? Of course, they're not going to forget about you. They've been in a long-term relationship with you. Now, sure, maybe if you've been dating two months, it's going to be a lot easier for them to move on than if you've been together for two years. Obviously, you know, there's a lot more time and experiences and memories and, and things of that nature. But no... Your partner just doesn't forget about you one day and it's like you vanish from their mind. And if that's going on, then there's a lot deeper issues going on than even I would care to wonder about, right? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I know that it's scary and I know the biggest fear is that they're not going to come back, that you're going to be abandoned and that you're going to die. And while there's no guarantees that they will come back or they won't, I found that in more cases than not, they will revisit the idea of getting back with you at some point. But if you want to work with me personally, and we could talk about those things, just sign up for a coaching. Go to my website, AskCraig.net. That's what I'm here for. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. If you like the video and you appreciate it and you want to support me, just throw a like on there. I do appreciate that. And be sure to subscribe to the channel because I do post videos Monday through Friday. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth, and I will talk with you soon.